Hey, you're on air with Ella, where we talk motivation, mindset, personal development, basically everything you need to get more of what you want and less of what you don't. Let's go. Tilly, how about that intro music? Do you love it? <laughs> There's that glitch now. It was perfectly decent last time we were on air. What, what, what have you done? That's my quarantine intro. Can you tell that maybe I did it by myself in solitude? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Along with the COVID haircuts and all the other improvisations we're all making. Yeah, yeah it's too soon to joke about that, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hi, guys. All right. You're on air with Ella and Tilly. We have Tilly here. You may remember her, if you've been listening for a while, as co-host of many, many episodes. And if you don't know her, she is my wickedly smart and wildly sexy writer friend who lives in London. Do you like it when I call you my writer friend? I like it when you call me sexy. Of course you um, do. I'm so glad you're here. I really am. I'm so yeah, glad. I'm so glad to be here, Ella. It's really lovely. And I've been loving these episodes you're doing. So you're doing these like short episodes now. I mean, honestly, I'm doing what I can right now. So I was holding back. I wanted to come back on the air so badly. And I was holding back for so long, waiting to have time to do all the things. You know what I mean? And then I realized that not being able to do all the things is not a reason to do nothing. Yeah, you've talked about that before that I think you're right that sense of having to get it perfect or doing nothing when actually that's just a form of procrastination really isn't it? Yeah, finally, I was just like, how about I just do the thing? So that's where I am. But it feels good to be back. And you've lived a few lifetimes since we were last on the air. Anything, anything new with you? It's been about 18 months, hasn't it? I remember saying, you know, look, I'm just going to take this brief gap and I'll be back. But um, then the bottom fell out of my life, really. So um, I lost my dad and I closed down my childhood home and my marriage ended and a few other things. And I'm still not entirely watertight on it, but I'm getting there. Yeah, you've had a character building year, that is for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But I think actually I have I have grown through it. I know that's a cliche, but the slowing down and learning to listen to myself a bit was a lesson I really needed to learn. And um, I don't know, I do, I do a lot of spinning to keep myself whole. You know, that sense that velocity works in that kind of G-force way. And, and, and I think that I have always dashed about being terribly busy and doing terribly productive things so that I don't have to notice that there's a gap sometimes in how I feel. And uh, I've, you know, I've faced up to some of that in this period. It's been pretty good for me. Yeah. Productivity is a really noble way to avoid our feelings, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I think it's funny, isn't it? People write a lot about numbing and, and they talk about, you know, numbing through alcohol or numbing, whatever. But, but I think actually work is a, a really big numbing agent for me. I've always been massively productive and, and it's, it's a good one because you can hide in plain sight, you know, because it, it is effective. It makes you more productive, but actually, you know, all that doing stops you feeling sometimes. Yeah, it's been really interesting to witness this process and, and observe you going through this. And I hope you know what I mean by that. I mean, sometimes when we couldn't even talk, we would just voice text one another. Your voice texts were like my favorite podcast. <laughs> And like, I mean, I don't mean to sound cheesy or sort of wrap up like the most traumatic year you've ever had in your life or 18 months, really. But watching you evolve in this process has truly been fascinating and heartwarming and all the things because you went from one place to a place where like your biggest complaint with yourself was that 
you know, you only ran twice that week. I was like, who is this? Who is this Tilly? And I was like, okay, well, welcome to your new normal. <laughs> so here's the thing. I mean, you, I know you've got a lot of listeners that won't have a clue who I am, Ella, but um, those of you that did used to listen will know that I really struggled with exercise and cardio in particular. Just, you know, I saw myself as the absolute exception, you know, that I was just somebody that was never going to do it and wouldn't benefit from it if I did. And I've come at it from so many angles over the years. I really was somebody that would rather miss a bus than run for it, Ella. I mean, I just, the idea of getting red and sweaty was unbearable to me. And, but guess what? If you do all the things again and again, and you fail at them and you try at them and you keep going, eventually you do become somebody that does whatever the thing is that you're aiming for. I mean, it's extraordinary. So, so now I'm still not a triathlete, right? But, but I do run really regularly and, um, and I do work out. And the really radical shift actually is the day you're running and you have forgotten that you're running, you know, like, like you're, you, it's not awful anymore. Or, or, or like the day that you think like, oh, I have to work out today because I'm really feeling Ugh, and I need to get back in my body. That shift, you know, where you stop exercising because of how you want to look in the future. And instead you're exercising because of how you want to feel today. Like that, that is a massive deal for me. And it just has become my new normal. It just is. I am now somebody that moves my body. I try to every day and I feel better when I do. It's amazing, really. I know. It's amazing when it works. <laughs> God, it took some work there, Ella. <laughs> but that's what I mean when we talk about just keep showing up. So many of us, we're just sort of always looking for that magic bullet, right? And, and to some extent, if there's any magic, it's that just showing up and doing what you have that day. Massive transformation is truly built in these tiny, tiny little increments. And yeah. I think it's so powerful to see it, to like see living testimony to that. It really is that. I did often think, you know, start where you are, use what you've got, do what you can, because, because if it is, you know, just doing some squat while you boil the kettle or just take you know those little little things all are things about changing your identity into someone that looks for opportunities to move and that's that's the trick is to just keep showing up yeah today's topic is somewhat related to that and I really wanted you to come on the air so we could have a conversation about it rather than for me to have a monologue about it and I reached out on Instagram and on social basically and asked to talk about body image and about body confidence and wow you guys came through with so many questions and comments and while I'm not an expert. We certainly have our own lived experiences here. And I really wanted to start the conversation, Tilly, like, because you and I, I mean, honestly, we talk about this so much and our conversations have evolved so much over the past few years. We were, we were basically like, we just need to record this. <laughs> you know, I, it's funny when you asked me initially, I, like, oh, I don't really want to talk about bodies anymore. Um, and then I realized that's because I've changed my understanding of what it means to have these issues with your body, because I think ultimately they're issues with your head, Ella. Um, I just think if you have a particular attitude around food, it isn't about food. Food's just the vehicle for it. So like if you stuff down so much food that it does you harm, you're probably stuffing down all kinds of things in your life that are doing you harm. And if you're denying yourself food, you know, if, you, if, you, if, if you're a big restrictor, you know, you're probably restricting yourself from intimacy or affection or success or because actually it's not the what you're denying, it's the act of denying or it's not the what you're binging, it's the act of binging because actually something else isn't right that needs work on. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, well, that's actually the first question, which is why do we obsess about our bodies so much, what we eat, how much we eat, and how do we make it stop? However we are about food, I think isn't about food, is it? Um, it's like, you know, if you're someone that stuffs down crazy amounts of food, you know, you're probably someone that is choking down crazy amounts of other things in your life, whether that's, you know, 
work that you shouldn't be doing or treatment that you shouldn't be accepting or you know if you're someone that restricts if you're someone that really really doesn't allow yourself nourishment are you also someone that doesn't allow yourself I don't know intimacy or success or affection or my point is that it's the model of thinking that's the issue it's never the food it just isn't food and it just isn't bodies it's it's how we feel and if we can work on the things that make us feel whole and happy the other stuff sort of evaporates a bit yeah, I think it's such a useful way to think about food and its role in your life. And it's the same when it comes to our bodies. But it's so much easier, Tilly, to say this and to acknowledge this than to do it or to change anything. I'm going to share some more comments and questions that came in. You'll see what I mean. So Stephanie, Stephanie said, ideal bodies often aren't natural or healthy for many of us. So we're choosing appearance over health which in turn diminishes how amazing the human body is. And I know this, but still, and Tilly, that was a theme that came up time and time again. I know I'm supposed to give myself grace, but still, or I just had a baby and I know I should give myself time, but still. Yeah, it's, it's about being the exception, isn't it? It's where everybody else is allowed to show up whatever size and shape they are, right? But like, there's something about us that needs to still conform to some crazy ideal or yeah, I, I really get it. And to be honest, I still struggle with it. I, I mean, I know you've thought a lot about this, Ella. Oh, no, this is me. Like, I absolutely am here to celebrate body diversity. We need a whole hell of a lot more of it. It makes me so happy when I see this in the media and our feeds and all the things. But can I just be the exception? Can I just please have an unrealistic standard for myself that I maintain at all times. Is that, is that wrong? <laughs> that, uh, that comes up a few times for me. Okay. So here's more. I'm not the size I once was, but I'm not unhealthy yet. I still look at my legs and I think gross and I want to hide them. I feel like I have no right to think that because I am only a few sizes bigger than I used to be, but I do. Sizes drives me crazy. Basically, sizes are for clothes, not for people. They're a unit of measurement for a piece of fabric, not not for a person. Just that language that people use where they're like, I'm a this or I'm a that. No, no, you're not. Like you, you may have worn those clothes at one point or another, but don't reduce yourself to a comparable unit. And actually, like I, I'm probably a dress size bigger than I was six months ago, but that's because I've got quite a lot more muscle and actually look and feel really good compared to six months ago. So I mean, just, just, yeah, leave the clothes sizes on the hangers. Yeah, this is really, really close to me. I mean, we talk a lot about comparison being the death of joy and be careful who you're comparing yourself to. We've all heard all of that before, but for this listener who asked this question, and I do this, the comparison to previous self, or even better, this is my favorite thing that I do, a comparison to a hypothetical ideal self. <laughs> oh, yeah, fantasy self. Yeah, that one. That is truly toxic for me. And it's way sneakier. I compare over 40 me to 32-year-old me or fictional me, and then I beat myself up for having moved off of that, for having changed. Yeah, it's really healthy. Good one. By the way, we are having a little bit of sound difficulty, but can we just plead COVID times? I mean, I don't know where you are right now, Till, but I'm like in the basement. I'm pretty sure the dryer buzzer is about to go off. Like it's just not ideal recording conditions. Oh yeah, no. So, so I'm I'm kind of holed up in my bedroom, having having actually paid for my children not to be on their devices <laughs> while I make this call. Yeah. Okay. Parenting episode coming soon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next question. 
my struggle with body image is accepting the parts I can't change. I naturally have big thighs, big calves. Otherwise, I'm at a healthy weight, but no matter what workout I try to get them slimmer, they stay the way that they are. I'm so disappointed in myself for letting the fact that they aren't normal, nice legs keep me from wearing shorts and dresses. I would love to be carefree and just show up the way that I am. When I do, I feel embarrassed. They are normal, nice legs, wear shorts and dresses in short. I mean, really, you know, we were just talking about the kids, weren't we? You know, every day at some point, I will say, you know, we are not unkind to ourselves or, or be a good friend to yourself. You know, those mantras, because, you know, if, if you don't watch that stuff, it grows and you end up a hot mess of self-criticism. And what a pointless way to, to waste an otherwise lovely life in a good strong body you know again it's that exception thinking right so I used to think yeah other people should practice self-love I on the other hand need to have an inner mean girl otherwise I'll just be lying on a couch eating Doritos right <laughs> there is nothing good that comes from being unkind to yourself end of like you just have to stop you just have to stop and you have to start wearing clothes that that, that you want to wear and enjoying the body you've got. It, it feels, I feel like it's a really trite thing to say. And if it was that easy, of course, we'd all be doing it. But that is the thing, right? You just have to crack on with your life. No, I hear you. And I just, I mean, there's so much in this question and it hurts my heart because when you read these things out loud, and this is why I think it's important to share your words, you guys, is because when you read this out loud, you can hear the hurt and you can hear the pre-programming. So I want to grab this beautiful woman and be like, they're not big thighs and big calves. They're your thighs and your calves. And there is no normal, like stop it. And that's so easy for me to say. And then I turn around, you know, turn, turn that finger back around. And I'm like, well, I'm obviously the exception. The other thing I wanted to say is sort of goes back to what I was saying at the top of your show, Ella, which is, you know, that feeling that that, that something about you is, is wrong from the get-go and no matter what you can do, it won't be solved and it's stopping you from being happy. Like, have a look at that feeling and see if that shows up anywhere else in your life. You know, like, is it, you know, that you would have had a great career except for this one thing you can't change to? Or, you know, have a look. And because sometimes these things sort of emerge in different clothes in different places, you know, and sometimes it's because some other part of you is not being fed or nourished rather than anything to do with the actual circumference of your thighs, right? Well, and can we just talk about the self-flagellation? Because if that worked, if berating yourself or negative self-talk or shame actually worked as a strategy, would we not all be peak state right now? Yeah, it's just a tough way to live and it's time to call time on it if you can. Let's talk about our mindset. We had a couple of questions like this. Why is it so easy to believe all of the bad things we tell ourselves and so difficult to believe good things that others tell us? And how do you undo, this is the second question, how do you undo body expectations that were established at a really, really young age? For me, it was elementary school. That is this listener's question. So the phrase is neurons that fire together, wire together. Um, and I'm not, I'm not going to pretend to be a neuroscientist here. Oh, I but, will. Um, essentially... <laughs> Essentially, you know, the pathways that you use a lot get stronger in your brain and the ones that you leave alone start to erode. It's neuroplasticity 101, okay? Um, and so the more you are mean to yourself or focus on things, the bigger they get. And uh, the more you are kind to yourself and give yourself room for nice things, the bigger they get. Well, let me pile on here with a similar question. She wrote, my mind says I feel sexy, confident, not perfect, but it's okay, you know, et cetera, all the right things. But the mirror tells me something else. So how am I supposed to win? Like, how do I not get defeated here? Mm, well, because, because when you look in the mirror and you process that, that that's also your brain. So, so yeah, <laughs> newsflash, still your brain. <laughs> <laughs> 
And the thing I will say in terms of having to do the work is it doesn't come easily. You know, retraining yourself to think differently really doesn't come easily. It's like scratching an itch. You know, there's a familiarity, even if it's horrible what you say to yourself and what, or what you're used to thinking. It's like coming home. It's, it's, it's a safe place because it's a familiar place. So you will, it's like a magnet. It pulls you and you want to go there again and again. And it does take a fairly sort of rigid, consistent effort to stop an idea in its tracks, shut it down and move to one that serves you better like that that's that's the work that is hard work okay i have i have a question for you i get it and i understand it and i think this is like everybody tilly like we understand intellectually what we're meant to be doing here but real question do we have to retrain our brains so much that we love our bodies do i have to have body positivity is that my goal because i'm working real hard on body neutrality right now i think it's an important distinction actually i mean i'm english i mean generally we do struggle with these sort of big dramatic displays of self-love right um (laughs) (laughs) we like to be understated if nothing else but I, i think it is really really important to have a positive relationship with yourself for me that's much more about being kind to myself you know not not picking holes in myself and being mean to myself it that's sort of euphoric self-love stuff is less me but i think each to their own you know I, I don't know do you love yourself ella i think that some people have to i think that it depends on how your reward system is wired and for me no like if i had to if i had to get up every day and tell myself i was hot shit in the mirror in order to get through that day I don't think I'd have too many A days. For me, I had to actually pay less attention. So, you know, body neutrality for me is instead of picking it apart, instead of telling that little piece of skin that I just love it so much, I'm just like, well, that's there. Okay. And striving for neutrality worked for me, but I'll tell you, or or I shouldn't say worked for me, like it's done. It's helped me enormously because I could not connect with the body positivity thing, Pilly. Like it was just, it felt too big and too hard and too much for me. That's just me. But the thing that really does work for me in practical terms is just observing less, like just not making as many judgments and just spending less time on this. Is that like, that makes sense? It does make sense. But I suppose, again, I want to flag, where's the starting place here? Because if you are being really unkind to yourself, if you're spending your whole time comparing, you know, if, if you think that you look awful, you know, all that stuff, all that stuff is because there's a level of unhappiness somewhere else that's being manifested here. You know, it's just never food and bodies is never the primary. I want to build on that because I had a I had a real epiphany and it's sort of embarrassing, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I mean. I realized I am never, ever going to get my personal validation, like the world stamp of approval through my physique. <laughs> I don't know. It's embarrassing because I'm like, did I think that that was going to happen? Like, is that what I used to think? I don't know. But I do think that I thought that there was some finish line that I could cross here where I could finally be happy. I'm never going to get my fulfillment or my validation from my physical body. So like for me, it will come from a more spiritual place, but also it will come from what I do and not what I look like. That's so much more under my control or my influence. What I do and what I can achieve and like value I can create in the world. That is so much more than trying to change my physical body into someone else's. I talk about this so much when I talk about the power of zooming out and just being like, this is not all that I'm here for. Yes, you you were talking about that recently. For me, I think one of the ways to get out of the rat run of thinking is to get into moving, really. You know, how you feel about your body is totally tied to when you last moved it for me. I love that. And I hate it on podcasts when people hear something and they go, I love that, but I love it. (laughs) 
Say it again. I hate that too. They Say do it. that, don't they? <laughs> but what you just said is so important. Well, I just said that how you feel about your body is really closely tied to when you last moved it. Tilly, I love that so much. <laughs> That's even worse than me. I love that. I love that so much. I mean, we just talked about this in this in the redefining wellness episode and just, you know, staying connected to your body. And I know right away when I am going down the rabbit hole because I will fully disconnect from the neck down. I will separate uh-huh. myself from my body so fast. And yeah, decades, Ella. Decades <laughs> I did that. I used my body to carry my head around basically. I think that we have some homework to do. I want you guys to go back and listen to Redefining Wellness. We just dropped that really recently and zooming out. And then please spend a little bit of time with episode 134 and 171. Those were, I have to say, those were sort of life altering episodes for me. And don't laugh at me when I'm struggling. I am not above going back and listening to old me on a show where my head was in the right place. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that'll work for That's really else. cute. What are you listening to? Oh, just me. Before we go, we have a call to action for everybody listening. Tilly is writing a book and she wants your stories. Tilly, tell us who you're looking for, what you need. Okay, so I this has been a long-term project, but it's just recently hotted up and I really need your listeners to help, particularly listeners that live in places other than London would be really helpful. So I am looking for women over 40 who have really shifted something in their lives. So this is really far ranging. I, I don't know. I want to speak to somebody that found that their life really changed when they got sober. I'd love to speak to somebody that decided to um, maybe have a child on their own. Somebody that found falling in love transformative would be great. Some, somebody that, I don't know, had a new um, experience with their sexual identity, started in your own business, told your toxic boss to get lost and went and formed your own jewelry company or yoga school, <laughs> like whatever the thing is, right? I just want to speak to women who used to live one way and now live another. It, it's totally anonymous, totally anonymous. So if, if you feel like emailing me and just saying who you are, how old you are and what your thing is, you know, what, what happened for you, just a paragraph is fine or 10 pages, I don't mind. But contact me if you feel that you've got a bit of a story around what you used to be like and how you are now. Okay. And it's not their job to give you the dissertation, but you'll connect with them if it's a good fit. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. It might take me a week or two. Depends how many of you reply, but yeah, absolutely. Okay. Women over 40 all over the world. How do they find you, Tilly? Tilly at TillyHarris.com. But I'm an IE. So T-I-L-L-I-E. Okay. Tilly at TillyHarris.com. Use the E. I will obviously put a link into that for everybody who is in the middle of doing something else. Thanks, Tilly. Thanks, Ella. It's been great to chat. I love that. (laughs) Okay, bye for now. Tell me what you think about this episode. Find me on Instagram at onairwithella. Would love to hear from you. Would love to hear your thoughts about today's show. And tell me what you want more of, all right? I'm here for you. See ya. See ya.